Welcome to the Notary Ninja Show with author, entrepreneur, business developer, and, well, ninja master, Mark Sias. We discuss side hustles, business opportunities, scams, leveling up, and so much more. Just don't argue with the name could cost you your You can reach Mark at Okay, welcome to the Notary Ninja Show. Today I have a very special guest. Uh, his name is Joe Balestrino. He is the author of several books, uh, and he is a Google Ads expert. Uh, if you check out his stuff on Amazon, Joe has got search engine marketing uh, for e-commerce businesses, and he has a couple of them here that are actually uh, their giveaways. There's if your Google Ads account gets suspended. And there's the definitive guide to local search, which I'm certain that book is a virtual goldmine for people who run a local business like myself. I actually run an e-commerce business, too. So I'm really interested to hear what uh, Joe has to say. So, Joe, welcome to the Notary Ninja show. Uh, very impressive profile. You know, like I said, I authored several books. I, I've offered authored two. I know it's 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 no easy task, but um, it is, you know, like you like we said, there's there's, if you just get out there and do it, it's definitely a worthwhile concept. And I want to explore that with you too, but uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Um, uh, first of all, thanks for having me here. I, I appreciate it. Um, so my background, I started out for me, uh, I'm a dinosaur in this industry. I started out more than 20 years ago, just discovering the internet. Like most people, when it came out trying to figure out what is this thing, what can I do with it? Long story short, I kind of rolled into teaching myself how to do web design and I started, um, you know, a small web design company with just me and people were contacting me saying, Hey, Joe, you know, you rank for affordable web design. You know, how did you do that? I would like to do that for my company. And at the time I didn't even know what SEO was or what that was or any of that. Um, and so I started learning about, um, SEO, right. And, and marketing online, because the biggest pain point from, you know, once you design a website and it's still the case today is you, you build a website. And then the next thought is, well, well now how do I get traffic here? And I realized building websites that you kind of want to know what the plan is, where you are going to go before you build the website and not build the website and then decide what you're going to do? Cause that could be a headache in itself. And so over the years, I just kind of taught people what I knew. I had a forum, I had a podcast even back in 2004. Um, and I just spent my time educating people and, and creating resources. And that's kind of like fueled my career has been just, you know, training people, you know, I have like a, a Google call only course where people can just sign up and learn how to run Google call only ads if they have a, a local business and they have like not a great website and they just want to get phone calls to their business. So I've kind of spent my whole career just kind of educating people and just, you know, kind of picking up clients along the way. And just, you know, that's where I've kind of been over the last 20, almost 20 years now. You know, that's awesome. You really hit a couple of really good points there. Um, one, starting out a website with uh, with that goal and objective in mind. I know personally I did things a little backwards, um, started a business, built a GoDaddy site, realized that I had some real issues where I wasn't getting the traffic that I should for the time I had been around was doing good with all my local stuff, but went back and had to do that whole nightmare transition, 
moved everything over to WordPress and kind of had to start doing things right. And it was expensive and time consuming and a bit of a headache. But so it's a really valid point. And the other thing that you said that I really liked too was, and this is how I got into e-commerce or digital marketing myself was running, you ran a business, people found you, they saw your website, they saw that you could rank and they're like, Hey, this guy knows something I don't. Can you help me out? That's kind of how I did it with my business was just people were reaching out to me going, Hey, you, you seems like you're doing really well with this. I'd like to learn it. And then thus became the process of teaching them my business. But uh, that is really neat. Um, so, and it sounds like you're way ahead of the curve. I mean, you've had a podcast for a long time um, and you figured out stuff that it's just like you said, just like the, the Google, the, the Google ad to call, like that is a, it's a powerful tool and correct me if I'm mistaken, but you only pay per call with that, with that campaign structured, right? Well, that's, uh, it's kind of the case, but kind of not. So what a call only ad, it's only seen on mobile and it's an ad that people can click. And if they click, it doesn't take them to the website, even though you could, you could fill in the field that takes them to the website, but the whole point of the click to call is so they call. So if they click that link and they go, oh, it's calling and that's not what they were expecting and they don't complete the call, you're still going to get charged. So it's 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 a call and a click but it, it doesn't it doesn't meet like a certain criteria um to say that it's a valid call that google is going to charge you once they click that ad gotcha gotcha but hopefully the call to action is pretty clear with that and you're getting a more definitive lead it, it works well with people who you know um a lot of people they start businesses and the website is either an afterthought or not a priority and so the website's built on Wix or GoDaddy and, and it, it doesn't look great. And, and from my perspective, I say this all the time is you could be working out of your basement and have the greatest looking website and people will give you a credit card all day long and you could be in business for 30 years and have a bad looking website and you won't generate business. It doesn't matter how well recognized you are. So um, if you if your website is not designed uh, well, and you're like a local service business, like a plumber or a pest controller or something like that, where people are usually want to call anyway, then the click to call is kind of that in between of still being able to generate calls without having send. Because if you, if you send somebody to a website that's not designed well or doesn't have the right information on it, then it's not going to convert. And so you're just right. spending money to send people to something that's poorly designed that's going to impact your image. So to me, it's like in the meantime, if you need to get sales right away, click to call is probably you know a good place to start awesome awesome yeah that is uh that is so true you know people they're gonna bounce and um i think that if they you don't have good site retention either that kind of a, can affect some of your your organic reach as well if i if i'm right on that yeah um, i mean a poorly designed site is just gonna hurt you all, all around business perspective seo wise all of that so it's um it's important. I always tell business owners, you know, figure out what you want to achieve with your website and make sure that it's on par with everyone else. I mean, there's benefits of sending people to your website because you can retarget them and all that other stuff. But um, sometimes people get excited on starting a business. I, I've, I've started several that have done well and failed. And sometimes you get excited into the moment and you just want to get going. And, and, and sometimes, you know, a website is not the highest priority on the list. Gotcha. Yeah, that's true. Um, now, let me t let me do let me ask you this. So because we kind of touched on it, you said, you know, you talked about 
Wix and GoDaddy and some kind of the lower rent ones that are actually more attractive to people who don't really know. What would your advice be for somebody who's serious? They want oh, they want a website that can rank locally, um, basically generate them free leads. And and obviously, you got to have some kind of opt-in or subscribe to my email. But um, what platform would you suggest them using? It all depends. I, I'm, I, I've been around for a while, and I used to be a big fan of WordPress. Um, but the problem with WordPress, in my opinion, is it's it's open source, so it gets hacked a lot. If plugins aren't updated, there's a loophole. Somebody can get in. I have, I had my websites hacked probably three or four times, <laughs> and and by the fourth time, I had enough because either you have to have enough budget to have a developer on or you know a web guy on call all the time to update these plugins because you can't just go in and update a plugin because if it breaks and it doesn't work with the latest version of whatever WordPress you're running it'll break and then your business is completely offline. Um, and so I would, you know, I had friends that I would call up and say, Hey, I need some help. You know, my site's down. I got hacked. I got Viagra links going, you know, in search. And um, I moved over to a platform called Duda. Okay. And Duda is um, kind of like, if you're, if you're used to WordPress, it's, it's a little bit more robust than WordPress, but it's not open sourced and you don't have to deal with um, a lot of plugins it's easy to build. Uh, my website, Joe Balestrino, is built on it, and I've been running that platform for a few years. And I, I don't, I sleep well at night. I don't have any problems. Nothing's getting hacked. Um, you know, it's a little bit more expensive, but the hosting runs on um, AWS, so mm-hmm. it's fast. Um, yeah. It's got customer support. You know, so if something happens and the site's backed up all the time, so. You pay a little bit more, but you're 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 better off in the long run because you you don't want to have the headache of and, and a lot of times business owners don't even know their website is hacked until it's suspended or somebody calls them up and say, Hey, I was on your website and it's down and I can't get to it. And for a lot of businesses, you know, that's where you know people start to get to know your businesses by visiting your website. Yeah. It's I'm this is you get what you pay for for sure. I, I'm laughing over here because I've been victim to everything that you've said. I, I, I have to have a web guy on call because I've had you know, a WordPress site and same thing. It's been hacked. It's just actually just been hacked a second time. And there's yeah. some kind of links to, I don't know, a hardware store or something stupid. But so I got to have that, the face page fixed again. But <laughs> it's, it's, like- it's, it's an annoying hassle. And it's like, some people would say that's the cost of doing business, but it doesn't have to be like, you don't have to deal with, that nonsense because sometimes that stuff impacts your rankings right because if you're doing really well and now everything is haywire then then you have to like recover where where you were before and hopefully it's not too long since the site's been down for so that you can recover because the longer it stays like that the more it can impact your 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 whole rankings and so it's it's a headache you don't want to have yeah yeah totally i'm completely off topic slightly off topic anyway but i'm experimenting right now with um with the blog I have on Kajabi, which I've essentially never used it. Um, I just used the blog on my main site in the WordPress and it ranks really well. And I can see where different news sites are sharing the blogs I'm creating. And I like that, but I'm playing around with um, some blogs on Kajabi. I'm just curious if they'll rank or if it'll crawl well. I don't know yet. So I'm kind of watching. It's completely off topic, but um, just a side, side note, I'm, I'm kind of running my own little AV test here. But um, so what are some common mistakes that uh, somebody would do with their website that uh, would allow, would affect their SEO or their ranking? 
I, I think just outside of just SEO, it depends on your business, right? So if you're running software, right, the software itself is a thing in itself, right? Maybe it's a, a SaaS or a CRM. That That's what the whole thing is. But then there's parts of the CRM that does different things. Uh, maybe there's a uh, social media sharing or it's uh, does f- phone call tracking. All of those things are individual pieces that can be broken out and optimized for. Uh, same thing with a business. If you're if you're a, a pest control company, you're you probably service termites and bed bugs, and you would have separate pages for all of those. Where where most businesses fail is they funnel everything into one page. They just do a service page, and then they list out all their services. And the problem with that is you're not going to rank you know organically for any one of those services if it's just one long page with just paragraph um you're going to run into you're going to run into problems there and you're not servicing the customer's needs because if somebody googles something specific like like they wanted a termite inspection they're expecting to go to a page that tells them this is what a termite inspection entails this is what we do here's the process you know here's about our company here's what we've done in this space on 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 you know inspections for for termites and then that's going to give the information the user needs to take the next step where if you just dump them on the homepage or if you expect your homepage to rank for everything you do, it's not realistic. And the more pages you have, the more opportunities you have to drive in organic traffic. Excellent. That is excellent advice. Um, it's, it's so your content is king. Um, and uh, that was one thing I had my web guys do, build out numerous landing pages, just load them with content. Um, that's excellent. So let me, uh, so, and, and this is something else I like. I noticed I, I was on your site is that you have tackled some pretty big fish. Um, so tell me about the, the, the running the ad campaigns or, 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 or I think it was, it sounds like you kind of assumed the whole thing for some legal services, uh, for some big law firms. Yeah. I mean, I, I, my, my main focus is online marketing. You know, I focus on SEO and paid search is like where, where my core is. I, we, I have people that I work with that do, you know, web development for me and stuff like that. But to me, I, I focus more on the marketing because sometimes, it, you know, maybe you you're, you rank well, but, you know, you're not getting any leads. And is it because of, you know, calls to actions? If you ever see a website that has social media icons in the header, you got a pop up for a sign up for a newsletter, and then you got all these other flashy button things here, what happens is, um, a, if you're a service company, like somebody's looking for a 24 hour plumber, nobody cares about your newsletter. They're not interested in that, right? You just want them to call you. But if you have too many things going on, then they're distracted. They're like, Oh, let me go check out Instagram. And they go down that rabbit hole. They never come back. Or, you know, they, they take an action you don't want them to take, like signing up for a newsletter when you rather them, you know, pick up the phone and call oh, you, yeah. you know? So, so to me, it's like, you know, we got to figure out, you know, what the, what the issue is. And so. I look at all of that. I look at, you know, keywords. Like if you if you're telling me you're ranking for keywords, where do you rank for those keywords? And if you rank for those keywords and you're not getting business, then either you're not targeting the right keywords or it's your it's your website, you know, or it's your landing pages. It's like I said, maybe too many calls to action. I work with law firms where the law firms, you know, they don't even put a phone number on there. So then how are you supposed to know where people are coming from and how they're contacting you because they have people's email addresses that you can't, you know, the bigger law firms, like the global law firms, they don't really care about that so much, but the local law firms, they want to know, you know, exactly where all their money's going and how many leads are they getting. 
and if you know tracking is is an important part of that gotcha gotcha so all right so that is um a pretty good i mean that's pretty good advice it sounds like you really have an in-depth understanding of of breaking down a business into what the customer experience is going to be and what's the most appropriate customer experience um so that's really awesome so let me ask you um let's go into google ads and then like i said before somebody who's uh, i'm kind of a beginner to novice like i can run profitable ads but i can also not run profitable ads um so what advice would you have for somebody and, and i'll give you two scenarios so uh local ads which i don't do a lot of but uh, when i do they are um usually click to call or they are um you know, sometimes I've done, I, I'm, you're, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna get me on this one. I've done some smart campaigns. I'm not a fan of them, but uh, I've had a couple that have worked pretty well for it. Like, for example, so our, for our service, we do fingerprinting. And I've had some smart campaigns with fingerprinting that have done okay uh, on, this, on that aspect. But then it seems like my best has always been a click to call for something that I know they're just looking to pay somebody to do. Uh, so let's talk about that a little bit about your, your experience and your advice on Google ads. Mo so, so part of like the service that I offer is I, I offer to audit people's accounts, right? If they're looking to become a customer, I always audit the account because I want to know what I'm getting into and I want to know kind of where they're at and what mistakes they make. So uh, almost on a weekly basis, I'm looking at accounts and, and the most common thing that I see that people do is, they go with the broad match because Google keeps saying, use broad match, reach more people. And, mm -hmm. and, and the problem with the broad match is it's broad, right? So yeah, your cost per click is cheaper, but you're reaching such a wide audience. The, the, not everybody that you're hitting is going to be you know, interested in what you offer. And so, yeah, those clicks will be more, there'll be more clicks, they'll be cheaper, but you're not hitting the right audience. And as soon as you focus in on exactly what it is that you do, the cost goes up dramatically. But you want to be worse. You know, it's all about intent, right? It, it, like back to the pest control thing. If you just advertise in the word bed bugs because Google told you you should go after broad, uh, you're getting anybody that says, you know, show me a photo of a bed bug. You know, what do bed bugs eat? You know, where do bed bugs come from? And that's not your audience because you want somebody who's looking to eliminate them. And that's what you do. So you want to be, up, you know, bed bug pest control or something like that then yes, you're going to pay more because the other pest control companies are going after that, you know, that key phrase, but that's your audience. And the intent there is to purchase where, you know, broad terms, a lot of times the intent could be research based or, you know, informational. Um, and then you're, you're, you're not hitting the right audience. So the first thing I would say is to try to go with phrase and exact match. And then the next issue is making sure you categorize everything, right? You don't want to advertise every single service in one ad group because, that's going to impact your quality score. If you did bed bugs and termites, you wouldn't put them in the same ad group because those are two different pests. They have two different solutions and you want a good quality score. So in order to get a good quality score, you would have one ad group with just the bed bug terms. Your ad would have just bed bug terms in it. And then you would send them to a landing page that just talked about bed bugs. So then Google could see the relation between the keywords in the ad, the keywords in the ad group and the landing page. Where people make mistakes is they try to throw everything in there so now the ad doesn't speak to any one type of service because it's trying to mention all of the services and you're sending people probably to the home page or to your services page which talks about all your services 
And so you're less likely to convert and you're going to pay more because if your quality score is low, Google's going to make you pay more to get in front of that same audience than if your quality score was higher. Gotcha, man. That's that's pretty good. Uh, now, what about negative keywords? Um, do you have any that you always look to implement? Depends. It's tricky, right? Because sometimes you don't want people who are looking for the word free. free. But if you offer a free estimate, then somebody might Google that and then your ad won't show up. Um, sometimes it's how to or how. Um, but sometimes those can also lead to people looking for like, how do I get rid of bid bugs? And they see an ad for exterminator and they go, okay, you know what? I might as well just call. So what I, I always advise is whenever you're doing a keyword research, like what, whatever that might be, um, as you're researching keywords, you're going to start seeing keywords that pop up that, you know, you don't want to show up for. And then you would like, you know, maybe bed bug spray. Spray is something, you know, I don't want someone looking for a spray. I want somebody who's looking for a service. So I'm going to add spray as a negative. Um, but as I, you know, as I do my research, I find that and I add them to the list right away. But then on a regular basis, I'm looking at the keywords that I have in my, so if I have all bed bug terms in my bed bug ad group, I'm going to look at the search term section, which is going to show me all the search queries I show up for the terms that I have and go through that and start excluding keywords that are not relevant to, you know, what I do. So if I, if somebody Googled ABP, APP pest control and my, my, I'm showing up for those keywords and I'm not that company that, that you can question whether or not you want to show up for that keyword or not. And if you don't, then you would add it as a negative. So you wouldn't keep showing up for those. But a, another big thing that I see uh, a lot of, you know, there's a lack of is the management of those keywords because over time, I, I've seen accounts spend tens of thousands of dollars on keywords that had nothing to do with their business. And they weren't aware of it because they didn't know that there was a section. Because on, on the outset, if you just look in the account, you're just seeing bed bugs, bed bug exterminator, and so on. But when you actually see what Google's showing those keywords for, you start to realize like a lot of that money is going to things that are, are not totally relevant. Gotcha. Yeah, that's really good, man. Um, and then... Um... What is, uh, I guess it's individual, it's business to business. So for um, a digital marketer, let's just say a digital marketer, they've got landing page, they've got the opt-in uh, or the giveaway. Um, what it would be your favorite, go out of Google, uh, what would be your favorite go-to? Do you Would you just kind of use them all like YouTube in-stream or just Google search? Um, what would be your preferred ad for somebody who's say digital marketing? Let's just talk about like, like courses or, or, or uh, that kind of thing. Okay. So if, if we're talking about, if we're talking about service, then I would start with keywords because I want people who are actively looking, right? People who are actively looking for a service. I want to be up in the front because they're expressing a need to do something now. If I'm doing a course, like if I'm promoting a course of mine or, or a client, I would use, discovery. So I don't like, I don't like pro max. Um, uh, the problem with pro max is you, you can't really see what Google's doing. Um, and then a lot of times it pulls away branded search terms, right? So if you, if you ever had a, a, a campaign for your brand name, as soon as you turn on a P max campaign, you're going to notice that that, that, that impressions are starting to decline on your, on your targeted campaign because 
Pro Max is taking over. So what I like to do is my uh, my secret is to use Discovery because in Discovery it goes into the Discovery feed of Google. So it's people that are looking at their feed to look at things that you know. Um, things that they've searched or things that they're interested in. So my feed is I'm into video games and fitness and stuff. Mm -hmm. So when I go through my feed, I see all that stuff in there. But if I start doing research for a client, like a moving company, let's say, I'll start seeing ads for moving because Google knows that I've done that search. So with discovery, you can target people based on their interests. But my favorite is to target people either on websites they've visited already or on search terms. So let's say I don't have a big budget and, you know, I, there's not a lot of search volume for people looking for, you know, click to call only course. Okay. But um, maybe I want to target people who are interested in Google ads or who have Googled, uh, you know, maybe Google ads course. I can target those people with the ad in the feed that says, hey, struggling with, you know, uh, running Google ads campaigns. Why don't you try out this course? And then it's a, it's a, it's an image with some text and it's in a, in a place where a lot of times people don't even know that they're ads because they're just, you know, it's just a section of just images and text. It's not like a Google search. So it's, it, you're getting them in, in a, in a different state of mind, but it's not exactly, um, you know, retargeting on the uh, display network. Like the display network, you know, to me is garbage just because it's a lot of, you know, apps, you know, you, you have to go through a lot of work. Like Google doesn't tell you, oh, you know, if you do retargeting display that we're going to show it on all kinds of kids apps and all these other things. You have to know where to go and you have to know to exclude all of those. And you have to know where to go and look to see where your ads are showing up because nine out of 10 times you're getting clicks from ABC mouse and stuff like that that are not your audience because the person who performed the search now gave the device to a child who's now accidentally clicking ads. And, and now is, is, is wasting dollars where in the discovery section, it's more of you're still targeting that same user, but just in a different place where, you know, they're, they're in a different state of mind, but still interested in, in kind of what you're, what you're promoting. Yeah, man, that's really, uh, that's really helpful. Actually, that's really insightful. Um, but, uh, yeah, I know what you, I, I, I've experienced what you're talking about with, uh, Google's, what do they call it? Their expanded reach or whatever. It's a scene where they can yeah. just kind of spend money. I'll look at my spend and go, okay, this don't make no sense. Let's get rid of this. Um, so now you have uh, obviously a couple books that you've authored. Um, and you've even found that those books themselves help your own business. Um, so tell me a little bit about your experience with that. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so. Um, a few years ago, I saw a video from Dan Locke and he was talking about how people throw away business cards and, you know, they don't throw away books. So if you send someone a book, they're more likely to put it on a shelf or put it on their desk and they're not likely to throw it in the trash where a business card will just toss it in the trash. So I thought about uh, clients that I was trying to target in the e-commerce space and I wanted to get in front of them. They were conversations I had with people in the past that just kind of just fizzle out, didn't go anywhere. Um, you know, people say, oh, I'm interested, but then they just don't get back. And I, I thought, you know, I had a bunch of blog posts on my website that talked about all kinds of e-commerce stuff. And so I said, I'm going to take this and turn it into a book. 
So I started writing some additional chapters. I made a decent sized book. I wish I had a copy with me. I'd show you it's downstairs, but um, I, I took this book for the sole purpose of not selling any copies, but just to give it away as a marketing, you know, like marketing material, a promotion, mm -hmm. but also to give it to these people, you know, that I was interested in. So I sent it to about maybe anywhere between 15 and 20 people. And um, some of them didn't get back at all. And they didn't write back and say thanks for the book or anything, which is fine. That's what I expected. Um, but one person, you know, when he received the book, he said, I read the book. It was great. And I want to schedule a call with you. And so him and I got on a call. Uh, he became a client. They stuck around for a couple of years, I, I think. Uh, that client needed me about fifty-eight dollars or $60,000 worth of business in that time frame. Uh, so for me, that was a win, you know, just, you know, uh, the time that we've put in and I'm writing a book now and it's like pulling teeth and I, I try to say, oh, I'm going to write, you know, X amount of words today and just kind of try to keep the momentum going because I know once it's done that, you know, it's a good marketing tactic or it's good, you know, to show yourself as an expert by saying, here, here are the books that I wrote. I mean, it's on your end, it's time consuming, especially if it's something you're an expert in. It's just kind of putting your thoughts down and then go to someplace like Upwork and hire somebody to edit it and design it for you. And then the hard part is done. You can buy copies from Amazon. They'll give you a discount. And then I just Put them. I still have the envelopes. I just put them in envelopes and send them out to people that I, I think are highly targeted based on conversations I had in the past. Yeah, yeah, man, that's uh, that's pretty brilliant. You know, using that, like you said, that book shows it establishes credibility, and if people actually take the time to read it, they can they can pick up on the insight and the expertise um, enough to uh, even move them to action. So uh, I know that when uh, we wrote our first book. Uh, we had no intention of doing anything like that. We were just kind of putting ideas on paper and uh, discovered <laughs> that uh, it is a very good lead generation tool. Oh, oh yeah, it is. It is. It's, it's a good tool. Uh, like the books that I write, they're, they're PDF and they're print. So I can, you know, I'll sometimes I'll reach out to people on LinkedIn and say, hey, you know, I got this book that I wrote. I think you'd be really, really interested in it. I'll send you a free copy if if you if you agree to give me a review on it and so people are are more willing to do that where you use it as a lead magnet right now one of my businesses i have a checklist going and you download the checklist but books are really great because even if um even if uh you know they they buy let's say they buy the book or they don't buy the book if they find the information valuable at least in my career i find that when i give out information for free people try it and when they try it and it works, then they want to hire you because they they've tried out what you're, you know, what you're thinking is or what your process is. And they don't really want to do it themselves. They want to hire an expert, but it's kind of like proving that you, you know, you what you're believe it. Yeah. yeah, totally. Yeah. That is awesome. Um, yeah. They see the value. I think the value added when you, when you do that, it just compel, it compels people. Um, and, even if, um, I mean, I think even if you didn't have a lot of sales or you weren't giving your book away, I think just having that, there, there is some kind of a, you know, you, you have an authority uh, perception from people, um, which, like we've said, it's, it's not that big of a deal. It's that you definitely have to uh, apply yourself to it, and there's some legwork in there, but um, 
I think a lot of people, more people than I'm probably aware of, have some expertise in them that can come out if they were to just take the initiative and put it on paper. I mean, just like we talked about, you know, you, you have any number of services. I don't know nothing about thermite inspection, but uh, I'm certain there's value in putting that content out into the community. Yeah, it adds credibility to who you are or to who your business is, because if you're the authority who wrote the book on this, whatever that is, it has it has weight. And people are impressed. My neighbors, my son took the book to school to for show and tell. And one of the parents were like, I didn't know you wrote a book. And they were like, oh, that must that's amazing. And it, to, to me, it was just like it was the most daunting thing I could ever do is like pulling teeth. Um, and I did it for, you know, nothing else but kind of of a marketing tool, not, you know, for anything else. You know, I didn't think, I didn't think, I didn't see it the way they saw it. Like this was this big, I, this big deal, like, oh, you're published. But uh, to me, it was just more of a, how can I get in front of the audience or, or, or steal business away or, or get more market share in what I'm trying to do. And the best way I thought to do that was writing a book. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, it definitely works both ways. And, I would say if anybody's considering this as a marketing tool that there is some front loaded work, but once it's done, it's done, you know, it's, it's there forever. Um, so, uh, let me ask you this. Let me ask you, this might be a little bit, um, off topic, but, uh, do you have any experience with, uh, like the native ads like Taboola and some of those? And if so, what are your thoughts on them? Yeah, I don't use those platforms. It's been a while since I used those platforms. Yeah. Um, I used uh, stuff like that when I worked in uh, corporate America. So when I would work for, uh, we would do, I would work with publishers and we would use that to kind of retarget and all that stuff. But I, I haven't used those in, in forever. And most of my clients don't even know what that is. Um, yeah. So it's not something I, I, I dabble in much. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, and then, uh, so tell us, um, how to get a hold of you, you know, how, how people can reach you, your websites and, and your books that are out there. Again, I, I know I mentioned them in the beginning, but uh, tell people how they can believe you and what they would, if they were interested, obviously we've been talking about you, you're a marketing expert specifically with, lo with local businesses as well. Um, uh, so go ahead and uh, shout out what you got. So people can visit my website, joeballestrino.com. Uh, there, there is, you know, um, a whole bunch of information, my services, uh, books that I have up, up to on there. You can learn more about me. Um, I have some books on Amazon. There's the uh, e-commerce marketing book, which is pretty cool. Uh, that's the most recent one. The local, the guide to local search. That was the first book I wrote. I think I wrote that in like, I don't know, 2008. So it's probably a bit dated. Um, but it's out there. And if anybody wants a copy of it, even though it's dated, there's still some good information in there. You can just contact me through the website and I'll send you a free copy. Uh, it's, it's, um, it, there's still some information in there that's kind of relevant. But the thing with writing search engine books is over time as things change, Changing, yeah. some things don't change, like, you know, good content, being able to describe your services and stuff. But, you know, as far as, you know, algorithm stuff and, and, and how Google sees things, you know, 15 years ago, I could build a website with one page and a thousand, you know, thousand URLs and a XML sitemap and rank for all of them. Now that doesn't work. So mm -hmm. that kind of stuff changes. So that book is a little bit dated. Um, 
And that's pretty much it. I mean, uh, I'm on, I have a podcast, but it's been a while since I've, I've done it. So I'm not even going to promote that. But, um, you know, I, my first agency I sold in 2008. So I had that podcast from 2004 to 2008. So when I sold the company, that podcast went with it. Gotcha. Right. Yeah. So, and I'll put all these links in the description. I'm going to put Joe's website uh, in the description and I, and I, even his author page on Amazon. So you can check out that stuff. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, Joe, thanks for being on the show. Um, it's been pretty, pretty insightful. You know, you, you, your, your knowledge of, of Google and how to use that. And, uh, obviously, if somebody feels like they're overwhelmed, I, I know from personal experience that Google, when you go into a Google ad account, it's like a foreign language. Um, and there's people who speak that language very well. And there's people who don't. And most of us don't. And Google is happy to take your money if you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> so more, more than happy to take. And, and that's a lot of a big complaint with everyone is I'm spending money and I, I don't know where it's going. And, and when Google simplifies things, that's when it gets even worse because you don't even know what to do, where, where the money's going or how Google's spending it. So yeah, it can be intimidating. And, and, and I get that. Yeah. Awesome. So reach out to Joe, if you're looking for that, or you're looking to get into Google, you know, looking to, to, to up your game with, um, with ads. Uh, he obviously knows what he's talking about. Uh, and he said, you say on your site too, that you'll do, you'll freely audit people's accounts, right? You'll kind of look at it and tell them, tell them where the leaks are. Yeah, what I'll do is I'll audit the account. I do like a presentation uh, over Zoom and I just go through the stuff and say, here's where, here's what's messed up. Here's what's going well. Here's what I would do to improve it. And then if I think it's a fit, then I would say, here's what I would charge you to, to do all that. Um, but at least everyone's on the same page. I, to me, I'm always, I'm big on educating. And so I don't, you know, I don't want to just say, Give me your account. I'll take care of it for you. Don't worry about it. I want to make sure that you and I are on the same page and you understand the process and how it works and why what you're doing is not working and how it would fix it so that you understand. And it's just not some kind of hocus pocus stuff. Yeah, man, I, I don't honestly don't think I've heard anybody put it as well as that. You really can't ask for much better than somebody who's going to give you an honest evaluation and then give you their recommendations and then their and their upfront fees. Really, that's. Uh, most people don't do that. They really kind of, they kind of navigate around that. <laughs> and, and it's tricky. And a lot of business owners that I speak to, they, they, you know, they pay really low management fees, but they don't know what's going on in their account. And then they contact me and I was like, okay, well, let me get access to the account. Oh, I don't have access to the account. They have access to the account. So how do you know how much you're spending and where I don't know? I was like, well, I need access to the account so I can do the audit. Well, I got to ask my guy. And then the guy, when he finds out that you're trying to have somebody look at it, doesn't want to give it up because he knows he hasn't been doing anything. And, you know, it, it's a money grab because it's, they try to give you the lowest price possible so that they work on volume. And, you know, they, they, they're they they're hiding all of what they're not doing by not sharing that information with you. And they figure you're not going to care because it's only a couple hundred bucks a month. What do you care? Um, and but that's not how I run my business. It's like if if, if I can't. If I don't think I can provide value, then then I'm not. And I'm not the cheapest, but you know that there's somebody who's been doing this for a long time that's going to actually pay attention to your account. And, you know, because I can only take on so many accounts. And so I'm going to be picky on who I work with. Uh, and I'm not just working on, you know, the, the number of clients I can grab. Yeah. Every time, Joe, you respond, they start laughing because it's something I've either been victim of or I've advised people against. And, uh, just what you were saying. If anybody's listened to any episodes on this show, I have named 
specific culprits that do exactly what he just said. I've named them. I'm not going to name their names anymore because I don't want any, I don't want any cease and desist letters, but <laughs> there are companies that do exactly what he said, $200 a month. They will take your money. They will promise you the moon. And for some reason, your phone doesn't seem to be ringing as much as it should. Uh, and you have really no idea what they're doing uh, because they're not really doing much, if anything. <laughs> it's Those clients, you know, if, if you're not spending enough, you don't have enough, I just turn you away because I'll just tell you, my advice will be save up money until you have enough money to spend your ads for 30 days so we can collect some data. Even, even if you have 10 services, focus on one, funnel all your money into the one, let's get some data, let's get some results, and then move forward. Those other companies aren't going to do that. They're just going to try to, how fast can you get, a, you know, what's the lowest price that they think you're willing to pay for their services and take your money and then, you know, that's it. And then when you ask for, you know, accountability, then then they, they get upset. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, Joe, thanks for being my guest on the Notary Ninja Show, guys. JoeBalestrino.com. Check him out. Uh, he obviously has a thorough understanding of this stuff. Thanks again, Joe. No, thanks for having me. I appreciate it.